This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everybody. My guest today is Manny Ayer. He is the CEO of a company called Kwanzu, a leading provider of account-based advertising and retargeting solutions for mid to large B2B enterprises. He previously founded a software business that was acquired by Oracle and PeopleSoft. He's a serial entrepreneur, industry speaker on account-based marketing, demand generation, B2B marketing and advertising, and a startup advisor. Manny, are you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. Let's okay. go. Okay. What was your previous company you sold to PeopleSoft or Oracle? Yeah, so it was, uh, you know, in the corporate e-learning area. So we kind of helped uh, companies. We had clients like uh, Charles Schwab, Juniper Networks, Aspect Communications, several others, tech companies, uh, you know, some government organizations, uh, you know, primarily with uh, employee training, customer training, partner training. So I was more uh, selling into the HR and training departments at uh, uh, those types of uh, organizations. What was the name of the company? Company was called Teamscape. So it was Teamscape. in the good old uh, days of Netscape, if you remember. Uh, so yeah, we were one of the other escapes. That's I so guess. funny. <laughs> and what it, what was the acquisition price? What'd you sell that for? Uh, we got a decent uh, exit, I would say. It's look, I mean, I'm based in Silicon Valley, but uh, and also you know uh, in Austin, Texas. So you know both locations. I work out of both. Um, the uh, business was pretty much self-funded, bootstrapped. We got to a few million in revenue, so we got a decent revenue multiple. Okay, uh, this was back in the you know early uh, early part of the decade. Okay, can, can we say it was kind of maybe below between ten and fifty million? Is that fair? Uh, yeah, I would say a little bit uh, in the lower end of the range. Yeah. Okay, good. So maybe between ten and thirty million. Yeah, look, I don't, I don't want to pin the exact figure. As I said, the, uh, we had a few private investors. This was, this was early in this decade. I mean, this was like 10, 20 years ago. Yeah, it was about 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, Yeah. listen, if any of them come back at you, you just send them my way. I'll take care of them. That was like forever <laughs> ago. All right. All right. So good. Yeah. you got a successful exit under your belt. It wasn't kind of FU money, but it was enough to kind of you do whatever you want to do the rest of your life kind of money. Why decide to get into Kwanzu and what does Kwanzu do? Yeah. So uh, again, uh, I, as you said, uh, I, I did uh, finish that a company, go off and, you know, uh, helped uh, some uh, younger companies, startups with their customer development, business development, that kind of thing. Um, but then I found that there was an interesting opportunity for us to go build a business again. And uh, this one uh, really for us, you know, it took us, uh, I would say, a couple of years to figure out product market fit. But then uh, we've seen a pretty nice ramp since 2015 with Kwanzu. We focus on, as you said, uh, we call it account-based advertising. The whole uh, category within B2B called account-based marketing really came together and started taking off in 2015. And so we've been focused in that category uh, in, in an area more around integrating, connecting advertising technologies into marketing technologies, right? And now, do yeah. you, is it a transaction-based approach? Do you take a percentage of money through your platform or is it SaaS-based? It is, uh, it is actually SaaS-based, uh, 
haste, uh, but again, we also get a piece of the action in terms of scale or use uh, of usage, right? So um, it, it actually has a bit of both. So and it has a SaaS component in that we do get platform fees, license fees for the use of the platform by all of our customers. Uh, typical 12-month contracts, if you will. And what's then the, what's also, the typical size on those? I mean, are we talking 10 grand or a million bucks? Uh, no, it's not, a, <laughs> it's not a million bucks. Look, a way to frame us in the market today, at least the way we look at it in, in the mid to large enterprises, you know, we are the strongest alternative to, a, a, if you're familiar with a company called Demandbase. And, yeah. and, the, and a piece of the business they have around advertising. So as you know, Demandbase uh, does more. So they're going broad in that ABM category. Uh, we think of what we do is we're going deep, right? You can, you know, we didn't want to be like a mile, you know, I think it was a mile wide and inch deep. We want to go really deep. And so we're going deep into the whole ABM display advertising retargeting. Got area. it. Now, yeah. to answer your question, the the platform fees for us range anywhere from a $30,000 entry price point, $2,500 a month, $30,000, uh, scales all the way to eighty dollars to $100,000 a year. Sorry, you said that's $30,000 a month or a year? A year, yeah. Okay, got 30K it. So- to 100K annualized uh, platform contracts. And then on top of that, you know, we also, uh, you know, make some additional dollars on on services, and and there's some media and data and so on that we end up managing for our what, clients. What when if you look at your revenue pie, what percentage yeah. is SaaS versus a you know percentage cut? Look, I think we, if I look at all the dollars flowing in, we make about sixty point sixty to sixty five percent. Sixty five percent of uh, the dollars coming in flow into us. Uh, the other 35% goes into what's called media and data. Well, hold I'm on, just to be clear. So 65% of your revenue is SaaS? Uh, 65% is uh, SaaS and there are some services in there. So, Okay, like professional, like one-time professional services stuff? Yeah, there's some one-time, there's some, yeah. It, it, we, we package it as part of running these programs and campaigns. So we it, the situation is uh, a lot of this VC potentially can go to uh, agencies in the coming uh, years. It's just the state of the market. The market is still early. Uh, not enough customers or the agencies have the expertise to run these ABM ad programs in-house. So we end up taking that on, uh, taking that piece of the business too. Got at it. The moment. Now, when did you launch the company? What year? 20, uh, 2015. Okay, good. When the ABM thing took off, I would say, you know, we, we have been at it a couple of years earlier too. But and, again, and what's different the f- iteration, we were doing more of a retargeting business in B2B. Uh, but honestly, you know, we were, uh, we didn't have, I don't think the right kind of differentiation of product, et cetera. Uh, the real traction revenue growth for us has been since 2015. And we've seen uh, at this point, it's been pretty healthy. Uh, 300, 300 plus percent revenue growth over the last two years. What about just the last year? This past year, again, has been decent. Um, again, it's been a big transition year for us. Are we talking uh, like 50% or 100%? I'm sorry? Are we talking like 50% or 100% year-over-year growth? Those are to the 50% Okay, rate. got it, got it. So about 50% year-over-year growth-ish or closer to that at least. And then what are you at now today in terms of team size? Again, uh, you know, we're... Uh, you know, we're not uh, getting into specifics on uh, revenue and team numbers, but again, the team. Wait, is, Manny, uh, why? Why would? What, what is? Why is? I always wonder when people hit me back on this question. Why would you not share your team size? Why is that strategically important? Uh, look, uh, you know, to be honest, uh, you know, we are uh, uh, up against like you know, say say a major competitor. I just feel like you know we don't have to necessarily get into it. You know, yeah, but uh, I can I can go. Yeah. I mean, I can go on to, to yeah. LinkedIn, right, and and look at what it tells me in terms of people, right. It sure. says it says ten people, right. So 
but, but, but I'm still curious. I mean, if you only have one employee, but your revenue per employee is killing all your competitors, that's a great business, right? Why, sure. why would you hold that? I, I'm just always curious why people hold that back. So you're at about 10 employees right now. We're, we're, more, we're more than that. I mean, okay. we also have uh, some outsourced teams and so forth that we use. So yeah, look, we are certainly, uh, you know, south, south of 50, definitely well north of 10. Okay. You're, I think you're kind of rocking in your chair as you say that. Are you embarrassed by having such a small team? You feel like it makes you weaker for some reason? No, no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, we have the uh, strongest uh, technology in this category. You know, we have some great data partners. But why hesitate on sharing uh, the team size then? That's what I'm trying to get to. I'm sorry? But then why hesitate about sharing the team size? That's what I'm trying to understand. Look, I think private companies can decide, right, what they want to share, what they don't want to share. No, I know that, but I want to get in your brain and learn from you. I'm trying to understand if you feel a small team strategically saying that is disadvantageous or advantageous to you and why or why not. Well, I mean, you're right about that. Look, we sell a fairly complex piece of software and there are certain customers out there who do uh, look at some of these metrics and parameters. Some do, some don't. And so I think private companies sometimes don't want to necessarily... Uh, you know, uh, get into a much detail on that kind of a uh, topic. If um, if customers really care about that, they'll, they'll ask you that before you sell to them, right? Won't they? Yeah, they do. They do. So and, and, you've got to tell the number anyway. Sure. Yeah. Do. Okay. Interesting. All right, let's move on. So so that's helpful to understand. 2015, you launched the company. Now, have you bootstrapped or have you raised? Uh, mostly bootstrapped. I okay. mean, it's a lot, a lot of my capital writing on the business, yeah. Okay. Any outside capital besides your own, though? No, no. I mean, we have one uh, angel investor who's put a small amount of money, but the rest of the capital is mine. Okay, so it's fair to say like less than 500 grand in the company, right, from other people? Yes. Okay, good. Okay. Sometimes people say, oh, you were basically bootstrapped. And I go, well, how much is that? have you raised? And they go, oh, we've, we have 5 million in the company. Okay, that's not bootstrapped. You've raised $5 million. <laughs> you're either bootstrapped or you're not, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All no, right. There's been a significant investment on the tech, right? I mean, so, but I've been the guy who's been funding it. Okay. And where are you at today? What have you grown to in terms of customers? We are about uh, 50 customers, but many of them are large enterprise customers. Yeah, they're great and customers. So, there. Yeah. Yeah. So we got, as you said, we got some strong logos there. Uh, Infosys, Equinix, Amdocs, several others that you see. Yeah. And, and now if I take 50 times, again, that, that, that minimum price point you said earlier of about $30,000, I mean, I can assume you guys are north of kind of 120-ish a month in revenue, right? Yeah, we are in that uh, range for sure. I mean, uh, again, uh, I think, yeah, from a revenue standpoint, you've got us a ballpark about that. Okay, good. And yeah, and you're growing, you said, I think you said, you know, 50 or closer to 50% year over year. So it's fair to say December of 2016, you guys were maybe more around, or last year, you were maybe around the 75, 80-ish mark. So that's, that. I mean, that's healthy growth for a company this size. Um, yeah. What about things like unit economics around customer growth? So are you seeing any churn happening in the business? I would say um, we we did have challenges last year. I'm saying 2016. But uh, I think what's been nice for us is at least this year, we've seen a lot of the big enterprise customers, uh, you know, uh, scaling, growing, um, you know, expanding usage. And so we've certainly seen per customer revenue uh, growth pretty healthy. Uh, retention of the larger accounts have been great. Uh, you know, we certainly from time to time, uh, you know, do have challenges with some of the uh, you know, kind of people who are new to the sector, new to this category, still trying to get a sense of uh, ABM. You know, do they do they really uh, want I to am. turn it always on yeah. uh, in, in, in their programs and campaigns? What do you Marketers like to? 
business. Yeah. How quickly do you like to get your money back in terms of what you spend to acquire a customer? Do you try and keep it to six months, 12 months, 18 or more? Uh, look, um, honestly, at the stage we're at, um, for us, it, as you said, it's really about can we turn that customer comes in with that initial 30, 40K, um, you know, for budget, total budget into uh, uh, into them spending 200K plus with us. I'm talking over overall program dollars, right? Because we do, we have the SaaS business, but we also have the uh, execution business, meaning they come and uh, run these ads through us. So I'm looking at the overall program budget. And yeah. I mean, I asked the payback question though, because you're bootstrapped, right? So if you have sure. your payback period gets a little long, I mean, you eventually get into cash problems. I mean, do you right now have like a, like an instant payback period or six months? What are you trying to optimize that for? We are honestly trying now focused on just a new logo, new customer acquisition that, uh, you know, um, you don't care what it costs. Well, <laughs> you always care what it costs. Well, that's why I'm asking, right? So if it yeah. costs you a ten grand to get a forty thousand dollar year contract, your payback is a quarter of a, of the year, right? So yeah, that's no, what I'm no. trying to understand. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, our our, our cost structure is, is definitely not that high. P- partly, it's because we've been focused on a few key partners, and then we're starting to see deal flow through partners. What does that mean, though? So you spend less than ten grand to acquire a new customer. Um, I would say that that's, that's about the, it's probably a little bit less than that. Yeah. Got it. But that's, maybe you were going to say that's the max. That would be the max for us. Okay, good. So you, to answer my question, go back, you do see pretty quick payback periods, right? So you have high money velocity, which allows you to reinvest quickly. That's certainly what we're doing. We're trying to grow carefully in terms of staffing and other kind of uh, fixed costs. Guys, big news. Last month was a huge month for the company I recently acquired, which was www.thetopinbox.com. I liked the company so much when I met the person who created it. It lets you send emails later on Gmail, set up reminders like snooze almost to keep your inbox clean, do things like send auto follow-ups and do open tracking so you know when your emails get opened. It's great if you're in sales or CEO or trying to be more productive. So listen, I bought the whole company on the spot and I wanna tell you how I did it. I've showed the deal, by the way, to big, smart people, private equity firms, VCs, and they're dumbfounded. They go, Nathan, how did you do this? We've never seen a deal like this. How did you do this? So I did an unbelievable deal and I wanna show you the income report. So for me to send you the income report, go to www.thetopinbox.com click the red button that says install this on Gmail. And when you do that, my email will appear. It'll appear in a little uh, Gmail pop-up window. Send me an email and I'll reply immediately with the income report. And you can see how I'm buying and growing small B2B SaaS companies. That's www.thetopinbox.com. Totally free to try and use. www.thetopinbox.com. How do you kind of see this space progressing, especially in terms of, additional things you can build to upsell your customers and what you assume their lifetime value might be uh, across your company. How do you look at that? So, um, you know, it's still early. Uh, it's open season, early days, the way we see it. Uh, so we're going after big spenders in B2B, right? In terms of this account-based uh, marketing, advertising, basically paid media spend. Uh, so I, I believe, so again, to rephrase your question, you said, uh, how do we see the space evolving? Basically, the, the way we are positioned the market is there's a demand base, there's us, there's a couple of players trying to cater to a pretty large market, you know, multi-billion dollars of spend in B2B uh, paid media advertising. Um, 
We see that DSPs are certainly not servicing some of the needs that these customers, DSPs are demand side platform. I'm, I'm talking Google, Lap Nexus, some of the others, right? Um, we see what we do as creating that system of engagement so that we are trying to get embedded in these customer environments. So they use our technology, they pull all the reports out of our technology, they do a lot of the personalization of these ads on, on, on the ad units on their website through our technology. So it really for us, it's about can we get sticky as a system of engagement across more yeah. and more of these big enterprise companies? Manny, that's more of what I'm asking you, right? Is, is, is assuming you do get sticky, what do you assume lifetime value is on some of these customers? Like definitely more than three years, like definitely more than 120, 160. I mean, how do you think about that? Yeah, we definitely think that platform component that's at say, you know, 50 to 80K, 30, 50, 80K in the first year can grow to quarter of a million to half a million, right? Within like a three, three year time frame. Lifetime value significantly higher than 250 grand, assuming you onboard. Absolutely. Okay, very good. Uh, And where are you guys all based? Where's your team? Oh, distributed. I mean, we have created a culture where, you know, people can work out of wherever they are. I mean, we've got the head of marketing out of Virginia. We've got a customer success head out of the Bay Area. We've got a staff in Austin, Texas, uh, Maryland, you know, product team uh, overseas, et cetera. So, yeah, it's. You know, get the talent where we can and, and then, you know, trust them to do their job. That's good stuff, Manny. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Quick answers here. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Oh, you know, I, I just uh, heard about, uh, and I'm going to be reading this thing uh, by Chip and Dan Heed, The Power of Moments. Um, very interesting about how you can create, you know, very positive moments for people, um, you know, and how you talk to them, how you engage with them. And also online. Number yeah. two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Um, you know, for me, uh, I would say, uh, uh, you know, certainly uh, the LinkedIn CEO, Jeff uh, Jeff Weiner. Yeah. Number three, how many, uh, sorry, what, besides your own, what's your favorite online tool? My favorite online tool, man, I spend way too much time. I don't know if it's good or bad on uh, <laughs> Google uh, chat, instant messaging, you know, but that's pretty much how our whole company works and how we all stay connected. And Manny, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? I get seven hours. Okay. And what's your situation? Married, single, you have kids? I'm uh, married. I got two boys. I mean, one is uh, a Longhorn, uh, you know, guy at uh, UT, uh, University of Texas, Austin. And then- By the way, I'm down here at third and Brazos at the Whitley. Oh, wow. Okay. We should catch up there with coffee at some point. I would love to. Um, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, so the other, uh, I've got a high schooler. Who's okay. Just, uh, get, get to and how college. old are you, Manny? I'm a mid-50s. Mid-50s. Okay, last question. Take us back, you know, about 35 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? 20-year-old? Man, um, there's so much I could do different. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, again, you know, we were uh, in the constraints of uh, uh, no cell phone technology, no internet, no this, no that. But I think, you know, or uh, whatever I had to work with, it's all good. Well, so what, what? it's not something you regret, but just what's what's a lesson you wish you knew? What do you tell your boy? I think uh, it's about uh, just uh, uh, doing, a, doing a better job building your network, meeting people, learning from people, kind of having a learning mindset and growing faster. And uh, I would say that's one aspect. The other is uh, financial management. Uh, how, how, do you, how do you put to use the funds you do have? There you guys have it from Manny at 
Kwanzu. Again, build your network quicker and understand financial management. How do you effectively use funds you've raised? They're playing in a very hot space, launched in 2015 with their team of 10. They're supporting about 50 customers doing about 125 grand a month right now, just on their SaaS platform. You know, they have another component, obviously, to their revenue as well, growing about 50% year over year, super healthy retention spending, under 10 grand to acquire a customer. So payback is about three months, assuming LTV, again, is well north of 250 grand. They're building something sustainable with hopefully enduring powers, again, in the account-based advertising space. Manny, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you.